0: be comforting to think that everything has an assigned place in the world, and that, like a well-ordered kitchen, things will make sense when everything is in its proper place. It can sometimes feel like we are a dish left on the counter, waiting to be put in our assigned space so that the world will make sense. Of course, the cold fact of the matter is that there is no such order in the world, and luckily for us, we can choose where we belong. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. And your host, your king, your automatic dishwasher. It's me, Kat. With me today, an elegant mise en place, Kathleen. Bon appétit. We have chicken nuggets out of the freezer. It's Kirsten. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and I don't have a joke. The man's great at cookies. It's Nick. Hi, everybody. I well,
1: I was trying to come up with a dishwasher joke, but I totally I blanked on it. So I'm sorry about that, everybody. I am depriving you of top class dishwasher humor.
2: <laughs> Alas, how dare you? <laughs> I moved into a new place recently. It has a dishwasher. It's real nice. I like having a dishwasher.
3: Yeah. That does sound nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I need to respect my dishwasher more. I need to have a talk with my dishwasher about how much I appreciate it. Dishwashers and in-suite
3: laundry is also really nice.
2: Listener, this is another one of those like things that we do at the end, but like if you've got a dishwasher, think about how nice that is.
3: Yeah,
2: it's nice. It's
3: nice. I I miss I miss um when I was sharing a house and then we had a laundry machine instead of mm. building laundry.
0: Building laundry? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, previously. <laughs> previously on sort of symphonies. Hardy desperately racked their brains for a way to keep the bell tower baroness from disappearing more people. What Tissa realized was that the baroness was not disappearing people because she wanted to. Quite the opposite. When presented with the subject of her obsession, art, she had no choice. So a compromise was reached and a gallery was opened where artists could make offerings to the baroness in exchange for her continued Protection of the city of Stageport. And now the party is in the city of Stageport. And we're doing a Westbreaker episode. So I gotta ask, does anyone have any scenes they want to do in Milta's biggest city before we go?
2: Can we take Cobb hat shopping?
0: We can. Yes.
2: We
1: absolutely can take Cobb hat shopping. Hat shopping time.
2: Yay. Is is it a rule that captains have to have the big hats? Because I'm looking at all of these and most of them aren't big. That one's big. This is pointing to a hat that has some folds and some places where you might put quills and an obvious place that's supposed to be pinned and it's all very fancy. And it looks like just so much effort has been put into that thing. But most of the others are much more sensible caps. The thing is, the don't they get wet, though? Well,
1: yes, they do, but that's why you have to get the high-quality one, you know, high-quality leather and felt. You know, things that can hold up to the seawater, to the, you know, the sea breeze.
2: Mm. Tissa sort of idly pokes her finger through a hole in her big floppy hat.
1: Because, yeah, there's there's no getting around it. Your hat's going to get very wet.
3: You need something with, like, uh, what is it, the oil, oil skin or whatever it's called? Oil skin?
1: Yeah, yeah. I forget. I think it might just be called oil skin. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that uh, the the water-resistant coating, probably made out of beaver pelts or something. Well, that's what it was in the real world. I don't know what it's like uh,
2: in a milta. Shore beavers, they're armored. <laughs> <laughs> so what does it need to look like it was red before but we're not i the Westbreaker isn't well i mean it's kind of red now but um we don't have a red sail like you always talk about
1: no our sails are more canvas mm-hmm. colored they're sail colored yeah like sales are i don't know but i think i want to start at the biggest fanciest ones we can find Yeah! I think the first one Cobb is going to pick out is going to just have, like, the biggest feather tuft on it, and it's absolutely not something that he could wear for more than about 20 minutes, let alone, like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But he he had to try it out.
2: Mm -hmm. The feather wraps all the way around the hat, and, like, plumes and, like, falls down boa-like. It's almost obscene.
3: Ooh, that sounds amazing. And then, like, maybe it's the size of the... You know that the hat in the My Fair Lady scene with the, like, <laughs> at the, the horse races, with the giant, <laughs> giant hat?
0: Yeah. And I think the shop proprietor standing by very politely, hands clasped in front of their chest, just kind of waiting. No, I, I
1: don't. I think this one is maybe a bit too much, but... um. But that that one that one over there. Let's try that one. And I think this is going to probably go on for quite a while. But all right. Cobb is not going to come to any solid conclusion just yet. But but he will. <laughs> he will be very polite about coming back to get a hat later.
0: <laughs> I'm. I can't believe I can't believe you led all of us to believe we would pick out a hat for Cobb today. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm, I think I'm so mad at you. <laughs>
4: No, this is
2: exactly what I was hoping for personally, so I'm pleased.
3: <laughs> Search
0: for the elusive hat. Oh, I'm more mad that I fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not Nick's fault. It's mine. <laughs> it's, it's mine. Does anyone else have a scene that they would like to do in stage port? I think it'd be fun to say
1: goodbye to everybody over at the, uh, I guess it's
0: still
3: technically an orphanage. Let's go say goodbye to people.
1: We can say goodbye to Lily without like scaring her away with a giant crowd of people. That's a very good idea,
0: yes. I like that a lot because we all know she doesn't dig crowds. But when you arrive at the orphanage, you find that it is actually unusually lively. Well, more like it is at the peak of its usual liveliness. There are children running around everywhere. There is a table set up that is covered in snacks, and you hear a familiar voice calling to you. Hi! Oh, Penelope,
3: Olfa, hey! You've come to our party! Wow, this this is like the party that they had at that fancy house. But I like all the people here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm telling Anjin you said that. She'll be hurt.
3: (laughs) Oh, well, no.
0: I'm kidding, Penelope.
3: (laughs) This looks lovely. Who
0: who put this all together? Um, a mysterious benefactor. Oh, It's wonderful.
3: Look at all the tiny foods.
0: (gasps) Somebody told our mysterious benefactor that... A member of the Albatross Legion was largely working to support some underprivileged children. And well, the kind of spreads her hands out. Somehow the word got out in anyway. Then somebody dropped a bunch of food and toys off.
3: Well, this is amazing. This is like a birthday and harvest time rolled into one.
0: Whoever did it is certainly much sweeter than she pretends to be.
3: <laughs> For sure. This uh, mysterious anonymous benefactor definitely did an amazing job, and these children look like they're really appreciating it.
0: (laughs) Of course, it is a handful for poor Marilyn to keep an eye on everyone when they're all hopped up on sugar like this. I'm I'm sure she'll be fine. (laughs) Oh, she'll be fine. Why wouldn't she be fine? (laughs) And a trio of kids run past chasing each other around and shouting something incomprehensible about night's
3: and I think while Penelope is saying goodbye to Wolfa, or saying hello, and I guess this is going to be goodbye as well, um, she takes a handkerchief out of her pocket. She's still wearing the suit, because she's not going to give up the suit till she gets on the boat. And it's an embroidered, a monogrammed, uh, an embroidered thing It says Wolfa, and it has an embroidered picture of Wolfa punching <laughs> a boar <whore laughs> on it. I cannot
0: believe you. <laughs> Oh, this is beautiful. And she immediately uses it to dab at her eyes, like she's very clearly, deeply, deeply moved by this. I
3: I thought I thought it'd be cool to commemorate the time you you punched a horror, and then each time—I mean, you've punched horrors many times, but each time you punch a new horror, I can add a new emblem to it. Oh, sweetheart. If we had to commemorate every
0: horror I'd punched, I'd need a blanket. Oh,
3: maybe eventually it can become one.
0: <laughs> yes. What a thought.
3: And then I think Penelope blushes slightly and then t- gives her a big, giant hug. Oh. oh I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss miss it here in Stageport. Never thought I'd miss a big city, but...
0: <laughs> You're always welcome here.
3: Oh, Thanks. Yeah. Come visit the Albatross Legion anytime. And then I think Penelope kind of, with her own handkerchief, which is not as fancy because she didn't embroider this one yet, sort of stealthily tries to dab away her eyes as well.
0: Mm. We're rangers, you know. We're supposed to be wanderers. Mm. No tears.
3: (laughs) Well, this isn't goodbye. It's until next time.
0: It's until next time. I
1: think also at that point, Marilyn kind of rolls up and says, well, I can also always uh, give you a call if I need to.
3: Mm. <laughs> Thank you. And then I think Penelope also gives Marilyn a big hug. Uh,
1: hey, care, careful. Still. Mm, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry.
3: <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, I. Yes. Right. Oh, I,
1: I, I'm, I'm not as resilient as the big guy over there.
3: You, you're healing. Okay, though. You're feeling Okay.
1: I'll be fine. Although I don't know if somebody uh, doesn't stop running with that.
3: Oh, oh, oh
0: Ch- dear, Chester!
3: Oh, dear. I'm a menace! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, um,
2: that's Chester's catchphrase.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that it is.
2: Someone taught him that word at some point, and they, that's not how they meant to teach it to him. <laughs> He's definitely a master
0: class in owning it. I can't say he's
1: using it incorrectly. (laughs) While everybody is kind of getting together, Cobb, he gets a little serious look on his face for a moment and reaches into his coat and throws a small little baggie over to Marilyn and just says, I thought, I thought you didn't do that anymore. Marilyn just kind of look back looks back and goes just to scare him. Pr- promise. <laughs> Cobb doesn't entirely believe her.
0: I think there's enough of that exact silence. Oh well <laughs> Come on, it's a party. It's a party, Cobb Cobb, you can't be serious like this. It's a party. Cobb.
1: Cobb immediately folds and just kind of slumps over and goes, you're right, it is a party. Come on, everybody. It's a
0: party. And when Cobb leaves, Botha gives a knowing look to Marilyn and shrugs and goes back to partying herself. An eagle-eyed observer or someone who is paying close attention to the periphery of things by which I mean probably Tissa, will notice that perched on top of a wall, Lily is seated in an out-of-the-way place with her legs drawn up, huge books sitting in front of her. Every so often, she looks down and observes the children running around being menaces. If she thinks about interfering, she doesn't show it. She just returns to her book.
2: One of them is a menace. One of them is a disaster. (laughs) Another one is a terror.
0: (laughs) Steven saddles up with a plate of food and just wordlessly reaches it up to the top of the wall for her.
2: I think Tissa waves but doesn't approach. And Lily
0: smiles stiffly. It uh, seems like a facial expression she's not great at. (laughs) And waves. And then
2: happily goes back to her book. I think since there have been a bunch of donations, can maybe one of the kids recognizes that Tissa told the scariest story that other time? Yeah. Yeah, I would like that. And has been asked to read again. Yes,
0: please.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, please. I think one of the kids is like, oh, you told us that scary story. <gasps> Scary stories? Is it story time? Is it story? Is it story? Is it? Is it? Is it? And then soon enough, there is a small gaggle of children, hopped up on sugar, hands full of treats, gathered around Tissa, excited for story time.
2: And so I guess Tissa is is going to read from Ida, the white-haired girl. Oh yes, please.
1: I think Cobb is also there with treats in his hands. <laughs> He also would like to hear the story.
0: (laughs) And this is a story that means a lot to somebody who's off on his own journey somewhere right now. And I mean, the kids are young. I'm not sure they understand that. Mm -hmm. But that's okay, too. There are a couple of them who are riveted, and that's how it is with stories. Not everybody is paying enough attention, but a couple people are riveted. And those are the people who were meant to hear it. And actually, this is a common experience, I think, when Tissa is reading stories to the children. Mm -hmm. There are usually a couple faces that are absolutely rapt.
2: But just as the mendicant baron had promised her... The third night passed without any stars. The clouds blanketed the sky and swallowed the moon. And even her meager campfire refused to shine off of her silver hair. The ragged Baron had promised her darkness and it was dark and she was alone. And so, she did what everyone does. Or at least, what everyone in those days did. She sung her walking song to herself. And although Ira was no great singer, she still had that song that she left home with. She still had that song that she taught to the heart who bowed his head and offered her the mossy amulet. And she still had that song when she gave the amulet to the hare. And she still had that song when she lost her gloves crossing the marsh. And she still had that song now because it was just as her mother had told her. She would always have that song She had that song now, she would have that song when she reached the mountain. And no matter what else she gained or she lost, she would have it when when she made it home. The wandering demon had promised her darkness. And darkness had been delivered. And all of the light in the whole world was in that tiny campfire that sputtered for life. And the cracking of those little tinders and the warbling of Ira's voice, even though Ira was no great singer, seemed to be all of the sound in all of the world. But that was enough that night, because she sang that light back into herself. And eventually, next to the embers of that fire, she slept. Just as she had so many nights, and just as she would for so many more. And that's the end of the sixth chapter.
1: Cobb does a little, is doing a little polite clap while he is also currently has some sort of treat stuffed in his mouth that he's chewing on.
0: I think that one thing Tissa notices, and maybe no one else notices, is that Lily has closed her book. It's a small change to the scene.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. But a substantial one.
3: I think so. Does anyone
0: else have goodbyes they want to say before we leave the orphanage?
3: I think Penelope also is going to say goodbye to Stephen and Lily as well, after the story. Oh, and of course, during the story, Penelope sits beside Cobb, and out of the corner of his eye, he doesn't quite see her yet, but sees a hand. I I, want—I guess he could roll. You could roll to see if you recognize... Because Penelope's going to try to steal your tiny foods.
1: Cobb is is paying attention to the story. He is an easy mark.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Penelope probably ends up taking most of your tiny foods.
1: (laughs) He will figure it out later when they're gone and then just kind of see Penelope and go, oh, well, that's on me then. Yeah.
3: Penelope's plate was running empty and she didn't want to disturb the story by getting up. So, (laughs) yeah, so I think after the story, uh, Penelope goes up and... And, uh, waves to to Stephen and Lily. Hey!
0: Penelope! Hey!
3: This is quite a shindig that's going on here. Yeah. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, well, honestly, it's been a while since we had this much money.
3: (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm glad that everyone had a chance to celebrate, and, uh, I could, uh, see everyone together like this before we embark again. Yeah. Where are you going next? You know, not quite sure. I think... Or did we already do the mountain? We already went up a mountain. I don't... You know? To be honest, I think just where the wind fills our sails. Yeah, we did the mountain thing already.
1: (laughs) Cobb's just kind of like, well,
3: I...
2: Like, Cobb's, Cobb's, like, I've explained to Penelope what a shipping route is before. Yeah. <laughs> Penel- Pen-
3: right, right, Cobb? That's...
2: Tell, tell you what, that's I'll, right.
1: I'll let you pick the next destination.
3: Oh, well.
1: Wow. Out From from a list, we're not just... Tissa, give me a hand here.
2: No, because we were going to be going... We were going further along the coast, right? Because you had, you were talking about uh, this thing that we were going to move. You still had. Sot was trying. Sot was telling me earlier about the manifest, and I remembered the conversation. So (laughs) yes,
1: that answers your question, then Penelope.
0: Dang, I love you all, but we are not doing a good job. We are not. <laughs> we're we're still kind of vacation hazy. Yeah. We
3: can do this. Um, <laughs> um, well, it looks it looks like we do have we do have some set destinations. Um, hey, uh, how about everyone here? What's what do you have? that You're going to be up to in the coming season?
0: Uh, actually, I'll have you know. I have a job. Really? Mm-hmm. What are you what are you doing? I am going to be a docent. A docent? Yeah. It's uh somebody who shows people around a museum.
3: <gasps> oh that's fantastic. Oh Stephen, that's amazing.
0: I was uh talking to the blue lady. And yeah, she uh she thought it would be nice to have somebody around to show off her gallery. So, uh, I'm going to be working with the Blue Lady now.
3: Well, congratulations! Oh, Stephen, next time I'm back, you're going to have to give me a guided tour.
0: You know this, of right? Of course. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Anytime you want. And And you think you're going to display some of your things in the gallery, too?
0: Uh, well, the Blue Lady does really like them. Um... <laughs> I I don't know if I've done anything I'd want to hang up and show the whole city yet, but I'm working on it.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Steven, you do have a really good eye and the blue lady has a good eye for art too. So I'd (laughs) say trust her instincts. She does. If she likes it and you're feeling good about it. Yeah. Then I think it's ready. It's
0: um, kind of weird. But, uh, hey, <laughs> not everyone gets the chance to, uh, work for a demon, I guess,
3: so. Well, that's awesome. And, and, yeah, uh, how, well, I, yes,
0: I don't know. Anyway, just
3: be safe on boat. I will be. Yeah. You take care, too. Keep everyone around here safe as well. Of course. I see, you know. Yeah. It's Stageport, it's a busy place. It's, wow, it's a, it's, wow, the big city. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, come here. <laughs> and, and I think Penelope <laughs> then just, like, gives him a hug. Aw,
0: he does return the hug and sighs and just, look, I, come on back to Stageport, huh?
3: I, I will, I will. And, um, here, I i I made you another sketch oh sort of an in between timeline you know so you can follow follow the journeys you know just.
0: huh that's uh that's that's nice it's uh it's
3: it's i i i hope you like it. it's kind it's it's kinda i mean it's kind of silly i mean i i should no, it's no but,
0: it's it's really it's really good it's and I'm glad because I mean sometimes Lily gets worried. She reaches down from the wall to cuff him. She can't quite reach from where she is, and you can kind of see her thinking, "Can I get down? I don't want to get down." All right.
3: I think when Lily cuffs Stephen, I think Penelope kind of gives a little <laughs> a little grin and a little wave to Lily. <laughs> yeah, she waves back. <laughs> You, uh, you all take care, okay? Yeah. Yeah, you, you
0: too. Take care of Cobb and Tissa. Ah,
3: it's more like they take care of me. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I, I, will.
0: Yeah. See you next time you come by here. Of course.
1: Yeah, don't worry, Stephen. We'll bring her back.
0: Who was worried? I said Lily was worried. Also, were you listening?
1: Come on, Penelope. It's time to go. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, all, all, all right, Cobb. Uh, I guess we're we're getting ready. Um, yeah, yeah. See you when you get back.
0: Bye. Uh, bye, Penelope. And there is a quick but certain movement as Lily decides to hop down from the wall and cuff her brother upside the head.
2: Decided after
0: all. Yeah, and wave to everyone. Does anyone else have a scene they would like to do, or is it time for me to do? I don't know GM stuff.
2: Nick hasn't had a scene yet.
1: No, I Nick. Nick wanted to go say goodbye to everybody at the, oh, that's right. the
2: orphanage. Never yeah. mind.
1: And and okay. Cobb gave gave Marilyn her her uh, scary device.
2: Yeah,
0: her scary device for frightening people. Mm-hmm. For
1: frightening mm-hmm. people.
0: Only Only for for frightening frightening
2: people. people.
3: It's just for scary times.
2: Only for frightening people. Mm. She doesn't do that anymore.
0: She doesn't do it, listener. What is
2: that? Don't fucking worry about it, listener.
0: Sorry, that was (laughs) hostile, listener. I love you.
2: (laughs) Like, she understands that the city does not need any more horrors and while not any individual thing is the way that horrors work it's still at least the sort of like thing that tissa got scolded with is like repeated bad things are how horrors happen bad things that leave memories yeah crap gang
0: okay
1: let me i mean you you set up the perfect segue so are we are we going to do this
0: whoa shit you're right whoa <laughs>
1: I mean, we don't have to, but you did literally (laughs) set up the perfect segue.
3: (laughs)
0: Beautiful so segue. I was like, I need to do a scene that's going to lead into Tissa's arc, but I have no idea where we're going for Tissa's arc. So I don't know what to do. and I don't know how to ask Kathleen for a cue. And I was thinking about all of this and I had, it had not even occurred to me how long we'd been recording or that I had said the word memory. <laughs> 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 I was so, I was so wrapped up in GM town <laughs> that I had completely <laughs> forgotten how to run the podcast.
1: The first okay. time back after a little while, you got to shake the
0: rest off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memories.
2: Memories.
3: I love... I'm a menace. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was nice to go to real parties after having gone to all of those fake fancy people parties. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was nice. Nice to run around and be a menace.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean... Gonna party. You gotta be a menace. It's right. Do you? Do you?
1: Chester yeah. seems to think so.
2: <laughs> you know, uh, there is a significant part of one's job as a docent that is sort of inflappable people skills. So Stephen will do a good job.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. He knows a lot about art and he's great with people. So mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a natural. Hope. Hope he'll do a good job. I'm sure he will. Sure he will. Anyway, Marilyn will be happy to have another income in the family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One one that isn't made out of um I guess treasure hunting where dangerous things live that give her anxiety. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, that's Lily's job.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's not well, but now it's not two anxieties. Now it's just one. <laughs> yeah. Also, my memory this time was I really liked, uh, I thought both Penelope and Tissa were on point today. I liked, I really liked Tissa's story and Penelope's, her her very teenage goodbye and her embroidered suit were both great.
0: Yeah, I, I agree <laughs> bothheartedly. I, I really enjoyed just
2: being teenagers with Kirsten. <laughs> that was fun. That was one thing that we didn't, Really, talk about is how the tailor is going to respond to having uh, their suit returned to them enhanced,
3: oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is that is going to have to happen. This suit is a rented suit cursed <laughs> hmm. in your
0: memory, please,
3: oh, my memory was that the I'm a menace. I think the party in general. I really liked the more real party at the end. And it's it's actually really kind of like, yeah, bittersweet, saying goodbye to people. Like, it's like, aw. And I think I really liked kind of the, um, the differences of saying goodbye to Wolfa and saying goodbye to Steven. It was interesting to feel the two different goodbyes, feeling Penelope's trying to be a little bit more, like, cool for Wolfa, and then the very, like, teenage goodbye with Stephen.
0: Yeah, that was sweet. I do have a question, Kirsten. How does Penelope feel about having a rival for Wolfa's affections?
3: I think Penelope wouldn't necessarily be able to put it into words. It's more of something she's, she's not, I guess, 100% conscious of the feeling. But I think there is a bit of, um, yeah, she's feeling a little bit threatened with the rivalry, (laughs) uh, for sure. Because... Oh. I think Penelope is a little bit insecure about the fact that she's like, am I mature and like interesting enough for Wolfa? Like, is or is this person like cooler and more <laughs> so much older than you? <laughs> yeah, like, and very like very good. But I can be, I can be like mature and <laughs> I love that. So I think there is a bit of rivalry, and perhaps next time Penelope's in Stageport, there may be. um, Eggs thrown at rich houses. Because <laughs> that's maturity. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes. <laughs> and listener, if
0: you're very mature, <laughs> or if you're not, or if you're not, frankly, you can find us on the internet at peachgardengames.com. There's an email form you can fill out there that'll send an email to me, cat. You can pretend to be Jeff Goldblum.
1: I don't know why you'd want yep. to, but
0: you can. Yep. You can <laughs> You can find us on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs. We would love to hear from you. It makes our day every time we do. You can find us on the heroic discord, which is linked in our pinned tweet upon the Twitter or at the be gay roll dice network discord, where you can not only meet us, but our very cool network friends. We have got a Patreon and a coffee page. You could check both those out on our website. If you want to support us for free, you can just leave a review. We would love it if you would do that. Tell someone about us. Or you know what? Just keep on being on the other end, listener. We like having you. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.
4: Be gay. Roll dice.
2: An LGBTQIA
4: actual play podcast network. Are you ready for Super Idols RPG? Super Idol. A rotating cast of today's hottest up-and-coming tabletop players in one all-new power-packed podcast. Super Idol. Move into a new dimension with the year's biggest pop music themed, magical girl inspired Masks campaign. Super Idols. Now you can have all your favorite nerdy roleplay in a funny, sincere, diverse, character driven package. Super Idols. Meet soon to be chart topping idols like Violence Violet, Bane Raven, Symphoria, Elementum, Queen Bee, Warcry, and Karen. Karen. Super Idols RPG. The internet's premier narrative play podcast about super-powered teen idols. Call the number on your screen now to order Super Idols RPG on CD or cassette, or stream it wherever podcasts are sold. Must be 13 years or older to listen, because we do sometimes say, please do not actually try to order a CD or cassette from us, that's just part of the parody. Please send a self-addressed stamped envelope to yourself because you deserve something nice in the mail today. And seriously, come listen to Super Idols RPG. It's pretty cool, and it's a fun show, and we think you'll like it. Visit superidolsrpg.castos.com for more details.